very brightly colored and it's very loud and it's fun for a while. We want to be free to, to do what we want to do. We're Muhammad Ali and Sonny Barger, the president of the Hells Angels. This is 109.5. Hey, Adelia, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Morning for me and obviously uh, end of the day for you, I suppose. You're in LA, yeah? Yes, I'm in LA and now it is getting dark at, let's see, pretty much almost dark and it's almost that's, 5 p.m. So. Wow, that's early. Five, five o'clock nearly dark. Okay, it's kind of coming into, I didn't know it got that dark yeah. that early in LA. Interesting. Yeah, in winter, it's... It like maybe eight, no, maybe not eight. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to do the math in my head right now. But it gets light outside at about 7 a.m. And then yeah. it gets dark at about 5 p.m. right now. Okay, that's not not far off what it is here at the moment. So it's probably not far off yeah. the same equatorial line. Anyway, um, yeah, obviously you're here to talk about, um, you know, a number of things, but only fans, which... I think yeah. let's kind of dive in really just with, uh, for our audience, an explanation, because I think <laughs> most of my audience being probably middle-aged and also here in Thailand, OnlyFans, although it does exist, we see the only thing you hear about it here is often people being arrested for publishing content on there that is, um, you know, above a certain grade of what is considered okay in Thailand. So it's kind of interesting here. It's a platform that people know about, but... You know, people who watch the podcast outside the country, you know, mostly kind of, I would say, my my middle-aged kind of friends group may not even know what it is. So as a starting point, great if you could just give us a kind of explanation. What is OnlyFans? What is it all about? Yeah, so OnlyFans is a platform where you can literally sell whatever you want in picture, video content, or even like sell lessons online. But majority of people use it to either sell porn or to sell... Like there, there's a lot of girls who do like implied nudity or kind of like playboy style shoots. So you can sell whatever you want. Um, but the money is mainly in the porn. Yeah. Right. And I, this is the first question everyone asks. I mean, is, I imagine it's a lot, there's a lot of work to make money on there. You know, it's not like you just go on these platforms and you make money, but it, it does it take a lot of work and where is the real money? Does it need to be porn? Is it other, elements to it where you can make your money what i have discovered is the real money is from wherever you can pull the traffic right so you could be selling dog shit on OnlyFans, but if you are constantly getting millions of views on tiktok if you have a huge youtube channel mm. if your instagram actually instagram is doesn't convert as well as you would think it does. It really depends because I think a lot of people have fake likes and fake followers and stuff like that. Or um, a lot of girls blew up on Instagram just for being hot, but then mm. the followers aren't there for the personality. And I noticed that they make less money than other girls, but most of the money comes in from how much traffic you can pull from social media. And while you make significant more significantly more if you like show your vagina or if you fuck men or stuff like that you can still make a lot of money if you don't do any of that i mean you gotta at least show your tits that i think is just like a minimum in my opinion you don't have to no pressure but if you want to make the money 
bare minimum your tits. Interesting. So that, I mean, actually, to the to your first point, then, I mean, like any internet business, anyway, really. I mean, that what you're saying there is like mm-hmm. any internet business, whether you're doing, whether you're selling products, services, or whatever. I mean, ultimately, if you're building up an audience and building up traffic from other platforms, you're going to have some sort of success within that yeah. platform itself. So you got. So does that? Do you end up? I mean in terms of how you build up your audience then have you done that through your own youtube channels through tiktok do you have to is it all about your own networking on these social media channels or do you end up having to kind of invest in in other mechanisms to get traffic there yeah i'd say most of my traffic comes from social media but it also comes from the collaborations i do with other people so like other people's youtubes that are very established or podcast kind of like this one where I'll have a clip that blows up or something like that. Um, And something that's paid off a lot is my own podcast. It's called That's Offensive, but the clips on TikTok do very well. And ultimately it drives people not only to my podcast, but also to my OnlyFans. So I think the biggest thing I've invested in myself is the podcast to drive the traffic. Since people literally spending the whole hour listening to my podcast I mean, they at least have to semi-like my personality to then yeah. sub and want to spend money on me because they feel that, like, connection. What do you think? It's really interesting what you just said there. I think your comment was you've got to show your tits I mean, as a minimum to get <laughs> an audience. But why, you know, let's face it, you go onto the internet now, there are a million ways to go and find that type of content. What do you think the difference is? Is it people feel a personal connection because they're within a closed audience, they're paying. Is that is there something kind of special about that process that enables you to build up that audience and make money from it? Yeah, I'd say so because, I mean, anyone can just go on like Pornhub or yeah. any of those porn sites and watch porn, but you don't really have a connection with that porn star. If people are coming from a TikTok of mine that blows up or a podcast of mine that blows up, just like some of those viral clips, they already know that they like my personality. Like if it's a skit, they're like, oh, she's funny. If it's my podcast and I say something of interest to them, they feel that connection to me to then want to spend money on me. Like there are people who spend money just to talk to me. There are people who spend money uh, to sext with me. So like sometimes they, they get the pictures and videos that they spend enough. Sometimes they don't, but they just want to feel that connection with me. Because if you're going on Pornhub, no one is sexting with you. No one is asking how your day is going. Um, OnlyFans kind of offers a girlfriend experience on top of the porn that you could be selling. So there's a lot of lonely men who want that girlfriend experience. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. It's yeah, make, makes a lot of sense. How did you get into it? Like, what and how long ago? I mean, is it been something you knew yeah. for a while? And did you kind of trip up into it, or it was a conscious decision you know you knew you wanted to jump on this kind of platform and make money i definitely did not think i was ever going to do this but i've always been like an internet whore i've always liked to post in like teeny tiny bikinis and post in lingerie and go to uh, raves or festivals and like little tiny pasties and i always loved dressing like that And um, I just always felt very empowered when I dressed like that Um, since I grew up in a very religious Christian household where I think my sexuality was suppressed all of my life. So once I turned 18 and I was finally able to start expressing myself, it felt very empowering and liberating or sorry, empowering and liberating. And I felt very confident, but I never thought I would become a sex worker because 
um, my parents are very religious and I was scared of what they would think. And I was scared. Um, I went to the University of Arizona where, you know, Arizona is a pretty Republican state. So I was scared what all of these conservative people were going to think about me, which is weird to think that these people who I went to college with would judge me for what I do. When like, I mean, everyone who went to the University of Arizona was getting drunk and fucking new people every weekend. But just the fact that it's happening on the Internet mm. for people to see is where the problem starts. Um, so I was just really scared of everyone's judgment for a long time. And then I was working a corporate job. I worked two corporate jobs where both just made me so sick from stress, from anxiety. I had no time for myself. I was waking up at 4:30 in the morning when i started working out i was already making calls uh to uh call people on the east coast for the time differences so i was working from like 5 a.m you know with like little breaks like after i was done working out i obviously would shower and stuff but i started taking calls at 5 a.m and stopped at like 5 to 6 p.m um and i was just getting yelled at all day and i was literally throwing up for my anxiety and I was taking a lot of psychedelics at the time. I still take a lot of psychedelics. I love mushrooms. And the one thing I'll say about psychedelics is I was able to differentiate the voices of like, what do I think and what do other people think? And I was able to start separating that in my brain. And that's when I realized I have absolutely no issue with sex work. It actually sounds like a really fucking fun job. Um, I was just scared of what people thought. So I bit the bullet um, a little over two years ago. It was like October 23rd. I believe 2020 and that's when I started one. Awesome. So it's been a couple of years and I mean, I, I don't know if you don't need to answer this directly or, but, but in terms of yeah. how lucrative it is or what you make, I mean, how you don't need to say exactly how much, but how does it compare, I suppose, yeah. to, you know, the corporate world and what you're making there? I mean, how lucrative has it been as a, as a career move? Well, to put things in perspective, I was able to quit my job in 24 hours after making an OnlyFans because I made a whole month's salary in 24 hours. Wow. Okay. So I was like, fuck that. I'm quitting the next day. And, you know, during COVID, I was definitely making more money. I'd say almost on every OnlyFans girl that you see was making more money during COVID because people, at least in the U.S., there was stimulus check money. Uh, people were at home working from home so they would like jerk off in little breaks and stuff so people were spending more money then and now we're in a recession people don't have as much to spend and um you know people just don't have that kind of money anymore so i mean my peak months i mean honestly there were a lot of months like this but i was making over six figures a month wow so okay. <laughs> that's pretty good i'm not making <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not making that much anymore but i mean like the least amount i've ever made in a month was 50 grand Cool. That's a, uh, yeah, I can see that's a, a healthy career move and why you would kind of stick, <laughs> why you, why you would stick with it. Um, you mentioned there before you came from a pretty religious background and it's interesting when you, mm -hmm. you know, talk to people who've come from either religious backgrounds or, or any kind of background where you're told not to do certain things, which I imagine this yeah. is definitely shunned upon in any kind of strict religious background. And that, that I imagine would have, like you said, added to your kind of fuel around wanting to kind of leap out of that construct but how has the kind of backlash been in terms of family and friends in those social groups and you know around have, um, have you had a have people been okay have you completely lost ties with certain people what, what's the what are the challenges been with that 
I mean, my dad and I have never had a great relationship, so he's been blocked for over a year now. (laughs) As soon as he found out about my OnlyFans, he just was going on these, like, texting rampages as he does. Like, I I don't want to diagnose my dad, but he has a lot of narcissistic tendencies where it's, like, everything wrong in his life just seems to be my fault. And he'll call me a whore. He'll say all these things. He'll break boundaries. But then when I actually block him, he's like, well, why did you do that? Like, then he has his feelings all hurt. Like, he didn't just call me a whore 20 times in a row. Um, So he's been blocked for over a year. My brother and I don't talk anymore because he's really embarrassed about my career as well. Um, And he also kind of sides with my dad where he's like, well, why wouldn't you think this is embarrassing for your dad? And I'm like, he just just doesn't need to, like, dig into it. It's, like, not my responsibility to make my parents happy if it's making me less happy. Um, I'd say as far as friends, I've been pretty lucky with my friends sticking by. I mean, my Instagram has always been a little bit crazy. I don't think anyone was shocked when I made an OnlyFans. I think people thought I made an OnlyFans months before I actually did. Cause like, I mean, I was straight up posting like in a sheer top on Instagram where you could see my nipples. Like I was just going for it. So this was just an extension of that where you could monetize that yeah. process and turn it into a business. Mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, in terms of that network, and I'm like any job that you go into, I mean, if you created a new network of friends though, or is it, I mean, is it just customers or do you end up in a whole new network of people that are doing the same thing as you that you end up becoming friends with? Is there a kind of social side to the, to the job? There is a huge social side of the job. Um, I will say that making a lot of friends in the OnlyFans industry, you know, a lot of these girls are in LA and a lot of these girls, the thing I have to be careful of is when I first joined OnlyFans, I was so excited to make any friend I possibly could. I was like, oh my God, all of these girls want to be my friend. Mm -hmm. But um, then I realized not all of these girls were making as much money as me and a lot of girls were kind of like leeching off of my success or at least like trying to. So I've had to really differentiate like who my real friends are versus who are work friends. And if their work friends is in a mutually beneficial relationship um, so that I don't just help people who don't have an interest in building their own platform. Yeah, that makes sense. I, when you're saying that, I wonder if, I mean, this may already exist, but I wonder if there is business opportunities, you know, in that whole side of being able to show or consult to other people and show them how to successfully kind of launch on these platforms. Cause there must, there must be a huge kind of myriad of yeah, people who are making the kind of money you're making right down to people who are making nothing. I assume not everyone on OnlyFans is making yeah. the kind of money you're making. And it's not as simple as you just get on there and show your tits. As you said, there's obviously more yeah. strategy to it. Is there, you know, is there things you can teach around that? Are there? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are, but at the same time, one, I don't want to like share all of my secrets, but two, um, it would be very hard to post or even advertise these lessons anywhere because Snapchat would take it down. Instagram would take it down. TikTok would take it down. Facebook would take it down. So then where are you telling these women that you're selling this course? Mm because you can't advertise it anywhere. Um, social media has become so censored and so strict that I'm, I'm honestly flabbergasted because when I was in high school, like girls could like do hand bras where their nipples were showing or like 
we would be posting alcohol or us smoking weed and like you know the jersey shore was on when i was in high school where we were watching people fuck when we were in high school and you have to be at least 13 to make any of these social media apps so i'm just confused where all of this censorship is coming from um because you really can't you can't promote your only fans anywhere um you basically just have to let people assume that you have one and just don't post anything because i've had friends get deleted left and right after i'm like yo you know that's against terms of service you shouldn't be posting that and then they'll get deleted. And I actually just got deleted off of Snapchat for the second time. And I wasn't even violating any guidelines. Like I didn't mention my OnlyFans. I didn't mention anything. So that was a surprise. They just kept taking down the most random things from people reporting me. And I'm like, it, it just makes no sense. It's kind of strange social media when it comes to this type of content, because for example, I mean, Twitter seems to be completely open when it comes to, sexual content other platforms aren't i mean do you think the censorship is gonna you know continue is going to increase you think there's going to be more content taken down and yeah do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing i'm obviously with the job you do you you're not going to think it's a great thing but some censorship yeah. is obviously needed but yeah i mean what's your view on the whole censorship I think this whole censorship thing is kind of bullshit. And I know Instagram is trying to disassociate themselves with any sex workers and they've deleted so many pages. And it's just this whole scheme because someone will get your page deleted and then you have to pay to get it back. So, and Instagram does nothing to regulate this and to regulate people just buying all of these bots to mass report girls' pages. And Instagram is getting to the point that like it takes down photos of girls in lingerie. It takes it stop pushing girls in bathing suits they'll take down stupid stuff like i would be wearing my rave outfits with like my pasties and my um i mean it would be like a whole outfit it, i was obviously at a festival like the picture was at a festival and they started taking stuff like that down for sexual solicitation and i'm like like that is just going overboard like if i can wear it at a rave and at a festival i should be able to wear it on instagram like i just think common rules is if you can't do it in public then you can't do it on instagram but now instagram is making it like so censored that it's going to be like a nickelodeon tv show <laughs> and like that is for children like instagram and instagram isn't even for children anymore it's more uh people in their 20s and 30s and 40s using instagram than kids because kids don't even like it yeah, I mean, we're I think we're a really interesting kind of tipping point with social media right now, obviously with Elon Musk mm -hmm. um, buying Twitter and everything else that's going on. It's hard to know where things will be in a few years. I think there's going to be quite a few changes. So, um, yeah. In terms of empowerment, obviously you are very empowered by what you do. It's obviously been clearly a really good decision um, in terms of your career and, and your personal confidence, I imagine, not knowing you before, but the way you talk about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> are there downsides? Do you see, you know, uh, you know, not everyone probably has the success story you have. Are there downsides? Do you see it as empowering for everyone or are there, you know, are there downsides for other people? Are there things that, you know, just are not good about these types of platforms? What's your view on that? I think, Sorry if you hear my dog's little pitter-patter in cool. the background. That's cool, no worries. i got three dogs. <laughs> They're all very quiet because it's okay. morning, but yeah, no worries. It's all good. <laughs> um, I personally think that like OnlyFans need to be a big decision for anybody. But I also think it's very hard to be exploited on those platforms. 
Like, I think the biggest way that you can be exploited is hiring bad management that wants to pressure you to do things before you're ready to do them. And I mean, that just happens a lot in Indian industry, I'd say. Um, I know that like when I worked corporate jobs, I was getting pressure to do things I didn't want to do all the fucking time and my boundaries weren't being listened to. So sex work is kind of the same thing where you just need to like be very firm on your boundaries or, you know, people can threaten to sue you and stuff like that. So you just need a good lawyer. Um, the one thing I will say, if you do have an OnlyFans, you need to be able to afford like a DMCA takedown team that takes down all of your stolen content because wow. if all of your content is stolen. People aren't going to buy your shit. And people love to leak your stuff on Reddit. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, like, I have a pretty good team. So most of my stuff is taken down now. The only stuff I've even seen leaked of me are, like, some of my worst videos. So I'm like, whatever, that's fine. Because I know that my best videos aren't up anymore. Um, how, how does that work? What did you call it? Sorry, DM. What was it? DM. DMCA takedown team. So, are they, so is, like, is they, that your own team? Or is that a service that you you invest in it's a and, service right and they just go out yeah. and farm the internet and look for anything that's been leaked and then pull it down because mm -hmm. it's illegal because it's not paid for content yeah but it is expensive to get that done which is why i think that someone before they decide to make an only fans they really need to consider like okay how big is my social media how 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 could i generate new subscribers every single month how could i keep this going because it, I don't think that anyone should do it just to get some like short term money only because of jobs. And, you know, they look mm. at some of your past jobs and they see that you did OnlyFans or they look you up on the internet and they see your nudes. And, you know, that could really hurt someone long term. Um, and I wish corporate America wasn't like this, but you do have to think long term. Like when I decided to do OnlyFans, I was like, okay. If OnlyFans doesn't work out, I need to save this money in this amount of time so I can start another business. Yeah. And then my OnlyFans just did really surprisingly well. So I didn't really have to do those backup plans. But you do need a backup plan and enough money saved so you could do something else. Um, because, I mean, people get fired for so much less in the U.S. Yeah. than having their news out there. Yeah, I mean, I... I when you make a decision to do something like this as a career, that is a kind of finality decision, right? You're not doing this for a year and then going back to interview for corporate roles and, and stuff like that. So yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, Very I do know girls who, who have done OnlyFans and they're saving enough to keep investing in real estate. So then they can quit OnlyFans and just keep up with the real estate game. But like they had an end goal. Yeah. I mean, the stories you keep seeing in the news and maybe just because they're good media stories are the, uh, school teacher stories right of which has been a few oh where, yeah like in the i know i know a girl who actually was fired yeah there. which um, i mean it's got to be pretty obvious though if you're a school teacher and you're gonna that you're making a decision that's pro not that it's maybe a right decision i'm not saying but it's pretty obvious that mate that is a huge risk right if you're trying to kind of balance a a teaching job against just... an only fans job yeah i mean here's the thing because i think most teachers do it because they love it Sorry, I burp a lot. Um, just burped a little. But <laughs> for to like teachers aren't paid a lot. So I feel like something like OnlyFans, like a girl who I interviewed on my podcast, Monica, she was a teacher in I believe it was Sweden and she took up a stripping job to actually make money because she made nothing as a teacher. 
And eventually, you know, she was let go of the teaching job. But I'm like, what do they expect these teachers to do if they're making zero dollars? Like, do they expect them to just live off of zero dollars? I'm just so confused. And these parents need to also look at themselves and why it makes them so uncomfortable that a teacher is doing that kind of stuff if they're not bringing it in the classroom, if it's not affecting their work. And a lot of it has to do with they have repressed their own sexuality. So they're taking out their anger on someone else or maybe they're scared that their son or daughter is going to find stuff of their teacher, but also it's a parent's responsibility ultimately to kind of like take away rights of a kid, like however they search the internet. So it would still be the parent's responsibility. Um, I just don't see how it can fall on the teacher. Yeah. Like I say, I think, and also these stories make good stories in the media, which is why we probably hear about them because there's probably a lot of other examples that aren't so newsworthy. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to just touch on something that's totally different, but you mentioned it earlier before, which was psychedelics, mushrooms, psilocybin, just because it was in your profile as well. It uh, just, yeah, interested your journey with that because you kind of mentioned you'd, it had helped you with, uh, this is the way I paraphrase it, but your own awareness with what you're doing, you know, the kind of transition in your own life and your own career. Yeah, just tell us a bit more about that. I mean, has it just been recreational in terms of doing mushrooms or is it something you've really done from a a medicinal point of view and, and psychologically kind of, you know, helping where you're going? Yeah, I'd say a little bit of both. I mean, it started off just for fun. Like, I, I've been going to festivals and raves since I was 18 and I used to take a lot of ecstasy. And then what happens when you take a lot of ecstasy is your brain is like, you know, I need some serotonin. So I had to take a break from ecstasy. And then that's when I discovered acid. And acid was just one of like the best things ever. And I would take it to go to festivals. I even was taking it like my senior year of college, like going to bars. It was, I took it a lot (laughs) and I was always so excited to take acid. But what would happen a lot on acid even though I was taking it for fun and to party and stuff like that is like, I would have all of these like little epiphanies as I was tripping and it would just be like this voice yelling at me like Adelia, you need to start doing this. And then, you know, sometimes I would brush it off, but the next day when I'd be dead sober, I was like, no, that voice was like my intuition yelling at me. And it was like, my intuition just started becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. Cause I think I used to like, just ignore it since my parents, um, I don't know, my parents never let me set boundaries or never really let me speak up for myself. So I learned at a very young age not to trust my intuition. So my journey with psychedelics is I started to actually listen to my intuition more and more. And it would kind of just yell at me sometimes where I'd be like, oh, okay. And I would start doing what it was telling me to do. And I would just start being so ha- so much happier. Like, I remember one time my intuition was literally yelling at me during an acid trip being like, yo, you need to start being nicer to people. Um, And I don't even remember being like particularly mean to people, but it was just like, I was very standoffish and very judgmental, but that was also a sign I wasn't really happy with myself. So then I just started like complimenting people and was making a lot more friends. And I'm like, okay, so thank you, intuition. You were right. Um... And then, you know, acid, 
acid is really intense and I discovered mushrooms like way after I discovered acid and I'm like, oh my God, these are so much more mellow and I could literally just be so much more casually. So then I got really into mushrooms and that's still what I take. And almost every time I go out, I do mushrooms. And even when I have like really, really anxious days where I'm just having a lot of trouble processing things, I can just microdose on a little bit of mushrooms and then all of a sudden it's like my body just processes whatever emotions I'm experiencing so much quicker. So I just, I love psychedelics. Yeah. Mushrooms are definitely a lot friendlier than LSD is. And I think, you know, probably rightfully because LSD has been manufactured or man-made, whereas mushrooms grow, they grow yeah. here. where we live here. I mean, they grow everywhere. So that, you know, a lot of people come here for that, <laughs> that reason. So yeah, good that you've had that kind of self-awareness journey through that. It's, um, yeah. and it's great that there's so much more, I mean, when, you know, when I was, what, 18, 19, doing kind of mushrooms and stuff. It, it, yeah, it was totally shunned upon, whereas now, you know, it's way more accepted and, and you see it everywhere, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping it becomes legalized soon because, I mean, I'm even prescribed ketamine for my anxiety and really? the mushrooms help so much more. Jeez, I yeah, didn't know I'm, that. I never knew they were prescribed that for anxiety. That sounds like a bad combination, but anyway. Well, at least... Well, the ketamine, it's uh, it's mixed with oxytocin, so it's like okay. one of the happy chemicals in your brain, and it's a nasal spray, so it's not like it's cut with anything because it's coming straight from a doctor, which is a nice thing. Um, but, I mean, the mushrooms just work a lot better, in my opinion, than the ketamine does, but the only issue with mushrooms is if I'm taking it for anxiety and I'm trying to go to bed, those two don't really go together. So if I'm having a lot of anxiety before bed, the ketamine works better because then I just knock out. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So yeah. Hey, cool. Look, it's it's been it's been good to chat. I think as a, a kind of closing statement, I mean, apart from sharing your details, we can find you. I mean, what advice would you give to to other people looking to get onto the platform, looking to make a dramatic kind of career change in this direction, you know, because it is a I mean, it is a big decision to go and forge out a career on on OnlyFans. What advice would you give to anyone thinking to do that? I would say think long and hard about your decision and think about if it's something that you actually want to do versus something that you want to do for quick money. Because if it's something you want to do for quick money, it's definitely not worth it. (laughs) But if it's something that you actually want to do, think long and hard about how you can get traffic to your OnlyFans, how you can build your social media, what would your niches be for TikTok or Instagram or something like that to get traffic there. And also think about um, just the fact that we are in a recession and people aren't spending nearly as much money as they used to. So uh, now isn't like the best time to join the platform thinking that you are going to make a lot of money. Um, That would be my advice. Uh, If you want to find my podcast, it's going to be thatsoffensive.co. And my personal website is it's deals, I-T-S-D-E-E-L-Z.com, where you can find my Instagram, OnlyFans, TikTok, YouTube, etc. Cool. Thank you well, so much. For anyone listening or watching, I will leave all of those links in the in the, the notes for the podcast. So, uh, Adelia, it's been lovely to meet. I appreciate you giving your time uh, at the end of the day. And, and uh, yeah, all the best. So. Okay, thank you so much. Have a good one. Cheers. 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 Muhammad Ali and Sonny Barger, the president of Hells Angels. <laughs> This is 1095.